calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, Seattle. It's me, Anita Flores. Good news. I'm Listening is coming back for a second season in the very near future. But until then, I want you to listen to me on a brand new podcast on More Banana called Awkward Sex in the City. It's a really great podcast uh, hosted by my friend Natalie Wall. We had a very in-depth conversation. You should listen to it. And uh, don't forget to follow and subscribe to More Banana, Awkward Sex in the City. And I'm listening. See you soon, Seattle. Hi, guys. This is the first ever episode of Awkward Sex in the City, the podcast. Today, we have my very good friend and also tour ensemble, Awkward Sex, a tour ensemble crew member, Anita Flores. She's an amazing stand-up. You've got your own podcast. I'm listening. Pills, pills, pills. Party of two. Just doing everything. So guys, I really hope you enjoy what you hear. And if you like it, like, uh, listen all the way through. Download it. Tell your friends. Follow us at Awkward Sex City on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Awkward Sex and the City. And guys, enjoy! Robots masturbated. When they come, they say, "I'm completing. I'm, <laughs> I'm completing." That to be so true. <laughs> what if we go in on the same surrogate? Can she have twins? This sounds like an ABC Family comedy, like actually dramedy, probably. I've never seen my period in the water. I highly recommend it. But you're at a level, and I commend it. How are you? I'm so great. And I wish that people just uh, introed me like that just every day of my life, like and, as I wake up. <laughs> Instead of here's a funny lady, like they always say on a, a stand up show because they don't know what to say. Exactly. I'm very honored that you asked me to be the first person on your podcast. I'm very honored that you did it. Like I'm very like it was just a very comfortable conversation, which guys, we talk about periods and poops. It's very on brand for both of us. Um, it's very deep, hard hitting 
information about things about us in our past. Um, and before I forget, you can follow Anita at at Anita Jutina on Instagram and Twitter, right? That's correct. Um, and Party of Two has an, uh, a Facebook-liked page, right? Party of Two, yes. That's a monthly show that I host uh, with my friend Vanessa Valerio. Yes, you can follow that on Facebook. Dot com. <laughs> really, dot com. this was a plug for Facebook. This is always just a plug for Facebook in the end. Being on the tour, like doing this, what has it been like kind of like, like transformative of like, oh, like I can openly talk about this now. Are you still very like, nah? Um, I would say because of the tour that we're on, I'm definitely more open. And uh, yeah, I would say there's, little that I won't talk about on stage, I would say. Um, the only times I feel like for some reason I get a little bit weird is anything related to like masturbation. Really? Yeah, I do. I get, um, I feel like I get a little bit self-conscious and I'm not a hundred percent sure why should talk to my therapist about it or you. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know why it's, it's weird. It's like, Whenever I have to specifically talk about my own body, I tend to get very weird and start using like like scientific words <laughs> um, and like try and talk around, you know, my own vagina. It's very weird. I'm totally happy to talk about uh, another man's penis. Oh, also, it's very easy for me to talk about men from the past. Interesting. As in like, I would say since I... Um, entered into a serious relationship I don't get my like good material uh, from the happy relationship that I'm in now all the juicy stuff really comes from like men from the past that suck oh yeah of course and that's like I don't know if you get this question but I get this question all the fucking time which is like are you afraid you're gonna run out of material because you are in a happy relationship oh of course all the time when I'm always like no like I got diarrhea (laughs) first time we had sex and so, no, there's way more. There's just different avenues to like experiment with and sure. whatnot. Do you, I think I remember the moment when we crossed into a real thing, uh, relationship wise, which is uh, I had, um, I had surgery like three years ago to get a tumor removed from my uterus. And um, they, when you leave the hospital, at least for that, and also I found this out when you have a baby, they do the same thing. You get underwear from the hospital because mm-hmm. there's leakage. Okay. Deal with it. Yeah. Women leak. <laughs> okay. For many reasons. But in this case, you know, there would be some blood after having surgery like that. Um, so they gave me hospital underwear. It's not sexy. It's big. It's stretchy. Um, it's got strings hanging from it. And so I left the hospital with that underwear and I thought I'll get rid of this underwear afterwards, but I didn't because they're really great underwear for me to have around when I run out of good underwear, um, when I don't have time to do laundry. And so I openly wore them in front of him. And I, I, I want to tell you, they look very much like a diaper. And I was like, you like it? You love it? And I was like snapping the band in front of him and stuff. <laughs> and he continued to love me after that. Yeah. So that was like a big um, reveal moment for me. Have you seen Ali Wong's new uh, special yet? The first half. I need to finish it. I think in the second half, she specifically talks about that underwear. Yes, she does. That's actually why. Okay. So that's why I know that women after they give birth 
also. I learned that from the Ali Wong special that they leak oh, after yeah. having a baby and all kinds of gunk comes out. Yeah. Oh man, that the special one's great. I love Ali Wong and I was like, oh, okay, so this is possible to do comedy and have kids and still like be a stand-up. But then the whole time listening to it, I was like, but I like never want to give birth. Like she's not selling it well at all, which we all knew like it was going to be awful. But I was like, Jesus, no. Right. I um I don't think I ever want to be pregnant. <laughs> I don't either. I don't. I yeah. don't want the vaginal tears. I don't want a C-section. I don't want my organs like literally moving because of something growing inside of me. Like that's yeah. that the scariest thing in the fucking world. It sounds terrifying. And because for me, because I had the surgery and they did basically uh, C-section a tumor out of me, I would have to have a C-section. And and that's a that's a tough recovery. I've heard it's really, really bad. Honestly, they're both tough recoveries and i'm not interested in either one i want none of them so badly surrogate oh maybe um i had a a a serious no not that serious discussion yesterday with one of my best male friends my boyfriend and i said what if we go in on the same surrogate can she have twins And one one baby it doesn't even make sense. Like I realized as we talked about it, but I was like, can we split the cost? Um, does it work that way? Would the sperm and the eggs get mixed up? Then would I accidentally have a baby that was my eggs and my friend's sperm? Um, so yeah, there's I, I and that that uh, conversation alone is reason for me not to have a baby yet because I don't even understand the science. So this sounds like an ABC family comedy, like comedy that they're or actually dramedy probably that they're pitching right now. You put a bunch of eggs and sperm in the same lady and see what happens. I don't think that show. I would just want that to be the description under Netflix. Two friends put a lot of eggs and sperm inside another lady. Yeah. Comedy ensues. I'd watch Um, I really want to talk about masturbation now, now that you're like, I don't talk about this. Hey. That's what I came to do. Um, Let's get dirty. Well, it was funny that you brought it up. Well, yeah, it's funny that you brought it up because uh, in Philly, me, Bobby, and Calvin were talking about uh, our favorite porns for some reason. Like, I don't remember how it came up. And I have, like, I have very specific things that I like. Like, I love voyeurism. I love things on public transportation. Like, not bang bus, not like a bus that picks up girls, but, like, actually, like, having sex, like, on a bus in front of strangers. (laughs) interesting like a like a public bus yeah so like the mca like the m15 like having sex like on that because some of them definitely look like new york city buses that i've watched yeah wait a minute all right now i have not seen this porn in this porn are other people on the bus oh yeah it's usually crowded it's usually very crowded and it's usually a little bit of like a um like an intruder situation of like the first the woman's not into it she's like no stop stop but then the guy goes down on her and she's like, oh, this is great. Like, it's one of those type of like, I'm like air quoting, but it's like, a, um, it's very voyeuristic, very like. A, I mean, now I want to see it because for me, logistically, I'm trying to figure out how this works because I'm very like, who else is on the bus? How far are they from this couple? Is anyone noticing what's going on? Where's the camera person? Yeah. So for right. that reason, I, I want to check it out because I want to see how they did this. It's almost always the same angle. It's like slightly below the couple and it's always a crazy crowded bus. And they're like in business attire. Oh my somehow God. they like like they like uh, tear open like her pants. She's always she's almost always in like pants, which I always I for some reason kind of respect that because it's like this is a lady that gets shit done in the office and then gets fucked in public. And it's just like having a good time. Well, also, again, I'm thinking logistics again. That does that that makes things a little bit ris- riskier and takes longer if you're unbuttoning pants and pulling them down as opposed to like a skirt. 
Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, it's such a specific choice. Like, why not just put the actress in a skirt? But usually they don't even unbutton. Usually somehow they, her, her usually, <laughs> I watch a lot of porn. Usually her butt's like at an angle and they just like rip the back part up. Like obviously it's like pants. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like uh, rip away, like athletic pants. Sure. Strip, strip pants. But it's actual, like it's actual like slacks, but somehow they have like, they've just like doctored them so that the guy can just be like, just like rip. (laughs) I'm very, I'm very fascinated. Is this a, um, on Pornhub, uh, is this a genre you can find? Yeah. I think it's literally just public. Interesting. And then you just like then you just make it a little bit more specific and you say bus. And I think I like bus because like you know we live in New York City. I ride a lot of buses, you know. <laughs> oh man, that's well. I I like that you for you it needs to be something that you can relate to your own life. That's how I feel about. I feel the opposite. Um, I I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Now I'm trying to think about what porn I'm watching, but uh, it. I, as as of now, I have yet to watch public. All right. Any any other places? I um, honestly, well, yeah. Any honestly anywhere in public because that's actually a huge fantasy of myself. I have been fingered in public in a, a few uh, multiple locations. Um, that is a huge thing that I love, like IRL in real life because I don't think I would ever actually have like sex sex on a bus. Mm. But who knows? You know, I'm young. I'm 29. Let's see what you happens. are young. I I I would say. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. But like for me, for my like masturbation or like my porn uh, watching, um, it depends on my mood. Like last week, I literally just put in missionary. I was like, you know what? I just want some good missionary. It's some wholesome guy on top, very vanilla. And I came in like two seconds. Um, see, you know, it. I, good for you. <laughs> I, um, I will say that. Uh, yes. OK. Excuse me for talking like a grandma right now. Um, I know I feel like I'm making you feel so uncomfortable. No, you know what? I'm gonna, I think I'll handle it, um, at the comfort level that I'm at. So, um, which means I'm talking very gracefully and awkwardly about it. So what I will say is that, um, I need very specific circumstances for my level of comfort. Um, there's never going to be a situation where I'm, uh, oh my God, (laughs) where I'm completing, (laughs) That's no one ever says that. Completing? See, I'm talking like a computer. If 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 robots masturbated when they come, they say I'm completing. I'm <laughs> I'm completing. I th- want that. that to be so true. <laughs> I don't know if robots masturbate. That doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I um I feel like you and I perhaps are at different comfort levels. It it feels like to me that you've been doing it masturbating for much longer oh yeah oh yeah i think i started mm, 14 or 15 yeah no i for me that's not something i did until probably college really okay okay yeah yeah i i guess because like i definitely knew really young that i was like well i'm never having sex well i was like i'm never having sex in high school and like i because we both lost our virginities like later in life like mid-20s baby yeah 20 as well like um or 20s as well um and so but i've always just had like a really high libido and like i remember i remember my first boyfriend and like one time like after he kissed me after he kissed me after like he tried to kiss me the first time and i literally backed away and he didn't try it for another month but after that we would like barely kiss with tongue I don't know and I'd get like really like 
I'd get that like turned on feeling in in your vag. Wow. Remember that the Remember, turned like, on feeling in your vag? Yes, yeah, yes, like I that do. like tingle. I'd of get course. it in math class and algebra, and I'd be like, "What the fuck is happening?" And then I had to like learn like, "Oh, I have to like complete something down here to make this go away." I would love I'd love to run a, a theory by you, which I did present uh, at a show I did earlier this week called Period Party. Oh yeah, I, I wanted to go that I was at work. So that show was all about kind of like doing material related to menstruation. So for me, I have definitely many thoughts and feelings about menstruation and vaginas in general because I um, was very, okay, so here's my theory. I know that I would feel differently and more comfortable with my genitalia had I been able to see it every day of my life. So it might be different for you, but like uh, with men, it's like, or cis men, you, you, I, you can always, they always saw their penis every day. And it blows my mind. Cause I always think about, to me, the vagina is this very, and to many people, and I th- think perhaps to women is a mysterious place because you have to make an effort to see it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember when I got my period, my mom as celebration gave me like a book that her mom gave to her from like the seventies. That was, I forgot the name of it, but it's definitely like a popular book. And it was like, essentially like celebrate yourself, celebrate your vagina. And like within this book, it was saying like, you know, take a look at your vagina, like bend over a mirror. And I was like, ew, gross. And it's like, why did I think that that's not gross? Like your vagina is it's it's great and we should all be celebrating our vagina. That's how I feel. And so for me, I've honestly I don't do it that much. Uh just take a look at it. When is the first time you looked? I remember the first time I looked. I think the first time I looked was after I looked at that book. So I got my period when I was eleven. Me too. Ugh, I'm so annoyed. I got it in a pizza hut. I got Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> wow. All right. So I okay, I got it. Uh, in sixth grade. And I remember, you know, leaving, I think, geography class and thinking that I was dying. Okay. <gasps> because how does this make any sense? I had already had sex ed in fifth grade. So I knew what a period was, but could not put two and two together for myself. So I saw spotting. I went home and I t- I sat my mom down and told her, I think I have cancer. <laughs> and she was like, why do you think you have cancer? I was like, there's blood in my underwear. She's like, that's your period. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I No, but you're so right. I think I did kind of the same thing. I think I freaked out. And I think it's because the way a, a period is presented to us as a young child, like I feel like they really try to kind of like gingerly tell us like, but also kind of like hide the fact of what it really is. So it's like kind of like presented to us as a present, like this beautiful gift that we're given by like the world. They're like, yes. when you get this, you are a woman. But it's not like, a, like it's not like a bar mitzvah. Like you don't get presents or shit. You literally just get like weird white gunk and and blood Lots and you're just gunk. like you're like what is this like it feels when something's coming out of you we've been taught like that's not good like something's wrong and so of course i feel like that's so natural to be like no i have i have cancer i have butt cancer something's coming out of me because yeah I, I didn't even know about the different holes honestly until like after oh the holes yes that's um i mean i remember i got scared off uh from tampons because I uh, definitely put it in the wrong place. 
not sure. I mean, because there's Ooh, there's three holes. There's three holes. So I think I went for the pee hole. Oh my god, that's not even like physically possible, right? So right, I couldn't really get it in there, and I was like, it shouldn't hurt this much. And then I had an incident that involved what I considered it getting stuck, but in the c- correct hole. But I just freaked out, uh, and then um, I did. I talked about this during period party, and my mom had to like talk me down from the other side of the door because I was like, we got to go to the hospital. Oh my God. <laughs> it's stuck. She's like, it's not stuck. You just need to relax. Uh, and then, yeah. And then I didn't use tampons uh, until after I lost my virginity. I also had like so. a, we had like a very similar experience with periods in the beginning. Cause I also had a very traumatizing experience with tampons because what they don't also don't tell you, at least for me. So my, my uterus is like slightly tilted to the right. And so mm-hmm. is my mother's. So when I put in a tampon, I actually have to tilt it. Like I can't go straight up. Mm-hmm. And so when I was, I didn't start using tampons till 14. I was in high school or might've been even 15 because I was like really fucking afraid of them. This just seems like a foreign object inside of you and TSS. They're like, if you keep Ugh. it in more than four hours, you will die, which is bullshit. Yeah. My mom and nurse is like, no, you can keep it in for days. And that is something that I do. Like, I will keep a tampon for days and not give a shit. Oh, no. I'm always thinking about that tampon. Oh, yeah. No, you don't have to worry about it. It's like super rare. But um, but long story short, I was so lazy. I would never bring pads with me to school. So I'd always just grab them from like our nurse. And then one day I had a really bad period. They didn't have pads. I had to try a tampon. It didn't work. Mom had to pick me up. She was like, what the fuck? I keep having to pick you up. And then I like had a breakdown. And then she's like, OK, here we go you're going to do this. And she was like, you need to lie down on the bathroom floor with your like legs up and then put it in. It's like, just, just to start getting used to it. And she's right. It was really easy to put in, but this is very classic me, like misreading directions in on the box. It was like insert fully and then keep in. And I thought that also meant the plastic applicator. So I shoved in the tampon, yeah, and then kept the plastic applicator in, but it kept trying to come out. And so it's like, mom, the tampon keeps coming out. And she was like, you have to push it in harder. You're not pushing oh, it no. far enough. So I just kept pushing it and pushing it in. And like, it was so fucking painful. And then we got in the car to drive four hours to Danville, Virginia, to visit oh, my family in the South. And it just kept like, it would, the actual plastic applicator would be pushing itself out and like, it started squishing and like pinching my actual like my actual like lips oh my god my badge lips in a four and a half hour car ride and I kept being like I can't like I'm in so much pain my mom was like what the fuck did you do to yourself and then finally she like we stopped at like food line or something bought my, my bought me pads I took it out and then like later that night she was like I need you to tell like I need you to show me what you <laughs> did and so then I showed her and she was like wait wait what was in you and then that's when I probably broke my hymen honestly because it was just like just kept shoving it I would be like in the car just like literally just like pushing it back in next to my like 18 year old brother and he's like what the fuck is happening oh can I I want to ask you if you've ever done this I so because I when I got my period I was still taking swim lessons now okay I don't know when people are supposed to learn how to swim but yeah, it was a process for me. So I was still taking <laughs> swim lessons after I got my period when I was 11. I didn't want to use tampons. So I wore a pad in the pool. Oh, no. What a mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> it like, you know, blew up. It like expanded. <laughs> and it just looked when I remember as soon as I did it, I knew I had made a mistake. 
And then I, you know, I didn't, oh man, I tried to like, I tried to like wait it out. I was like, I'm going to get through this whole swim lesson. And it just really, my instructor got like bless them because I know it had to have looked like I had taken a dump in my, in my bathing suit. You know, you have just this giant diaper thing Mm -hmm. expanding Mm -hmm. out and it had wings. Yeah. It was just what a, what a nightmare. And nobody told me. Not to. Wait, 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 wait. But did you like wrap the wings around the bathing suit like you would it in like underwear? So what I tried to do because I thought I was being sneaky, I just put the wings like like under the the pad itself. Okay, then, okay. I mean that was also a bad move. It was all a mistake. But I was so embarrassed because I didn't I didn't want to tell my instructor that I had my period. Mm-hmm, and I just mm-hmm. thought I could um get away with it. <laughs> And um, I didn't, everybody. I did not. Also, it's really fun to, um, I remember doing this when I was bored at a bar mitzvah when I was 13 um, with uh, another person at the bar mitzvah, just um, sticking tampons in water because they do kind of blow up. They do. And then we threw them at the, I think at the wall in the bathroom. (laughs) And um, it was really fun. That sounds amazing. Back to um, periods and pools. So I always like grew up in a pool. And so I I was swimming like a really young age and then was like a lifeguard. And I when I had my period, I didn't wear anything. I would just Mm. bleed into the pool. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. What? Okay, so this was your own. A lot of people do. Oh, and and like pools that I worked at, like YMCA pools when I was like a lifeguard. I would just like bleed all into it. Oh, well, but but okay, in my experience, or, or, you know, other women I talk to who take baths, I don't have the kind of time to take a bath or the right bathtub for it. Um, Jen, I think usually it, you kind of it does. It, in my experience, you kind of it almost stops it, the water from a bunch of blood coming out of mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So that's so, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I don't know why I went, whoa, because you don't really bleed. You don't really bleed that much. Yeah. And it kind of comes out. It's clumpy. And so, because I take a shit ton of baths, I love it. And after they said like you could lose weight from taking really hot baths, I do it like twice a week now, and it works. What? I swear to God, it's about like something about getting your heart rate at a certain level, and like when you hit a certain, your body hits a certain temperature. I'm talking out of my ass right now. I don't really remember <laughs> everything, but somehow it like Natalie helps you lose weight. Natalie is not a doctor. I am not a doctor. I have no. I have a degree in journalism, so do not trust me. Um, but uh, when I was younger, this is actually really gross. And I completely forgot that I did this. But when I was like 11 and 12 and 13 and like really just like getting used to like blood coming out of me, I would specifically take a bath while I had my period at its heaviest Uh just so I could watch it like swirl around me. And I would like play with it because it gets clumpy and you can like hold it and stuff. This is disgusting. I can't even believe I did this and that I'm like talking about it. But like. Now I want to do it again because I remember it was so much fun. I was just like, this is, it was like I created something. I was like, mm, look at it because it gets all weird and like um, gloopy in the water. And it kind of, it's like kind of pretty. I've never seen my period in the water. Um, I but highly recommend it. Truly, I, you're at a level and I, I commend it. I feel like you're at a level of comfort that started pretty early on with your body. That um, I am, I'm still uh, looking to reach. I definitely think I'd have to thank like my mom for that too, because she definitely was like, because she came from like a super Catholic, Catholic, Catholic family, um, and with a crazy grandma. Like I know you've heard stuff about my stories about her. Um, long story short, like she's blocked on my phone. Like I haven't talked to her in years. And I, my theory is that my grandmother was actually um, 
or is a lesbian, but was just born like 10 years too soon and wasn't allowed to be who huh. she really wanted to be. And so she's like taking it out on like a, all the people in her life. And also she has like borderline personality disorder. So it's like a bad situation. But she threw so much Catholic guilt on my mom for being a woman that like I think when I came around or when my mom had me, she was like, there's no way in hell I'm making my daughter feel awful for being a woman like I want her to enjoy sex and so this the talk started like really really early and really mm. soon um did I tell them I was masturbating at 14 definitely not like I definitely had like a Spencer's vibrator that I hid and one time had it throughout because my dad was like going through I was like about to move to college and he was like going through something and I was just like mm, gotta get rid of this like real quick and I definitely didn't have good like vibrator hygiene. I would like use it, like insert it and then just put it back in my drawer and then yeah. reuse it. And I would wonder why I'd get so many UTIs and stuff. I mean, I I don't think you're the only person that's done that. I don't <laughs> think so either. I just don't think people talk about it. And so I've learned that like I've, I'm just going to represent all the gross people and the awkward people, like be that voice of like that generation or like that like type of person. I mean, yeah, I think... It depends on the subject matter, but I think there's lots of thoughts and feelings or things that I might do that I think are very uh, unique to me. And then once you say those things out loud, it just you're not alone. There's women doing all kinds of oh, stuff. We're sick. Like we're not like washing your hair. Like wash. Like I thought everyone took a shower every day. No. Mm-mm. Not. Nope. <laughs> I love, I actually love when I don't take showers. My hair is great when I don't take a shower. Oh, yeah. I I only wash my hair, depends if I straighten or not. If I straighten it, I have to wash it like twice a week. But I like to do it like once a week. Very nice. Oh, that, by the way, to me is another level in a relationship of comfort Mm -hmm. where um, very early on, I would say, especially when, you know, you haven't been intimate, you're, you're still, you can still count your dates on one hand. Um, I'm very aware of hygiene and like just overly washing all the things Mm -hmm. and like makeup and shit, like all of that. (laughs) And it's so nice when, at least for me, when you get to this level of comfort where you're like, yeah, kind of smell. Yeah, get, get, take care of it, <laughs> or or just even being like, yeah, wow, I can't remember the last time I washed my hair, and things like that. I feel like the moment you don't feel like you're holding your breath around your partner is such a nice moment. Yeah, you're not like running up to like brush your teeth before they wake up type of thing. I mean, when I um I traveled when I traveled with my boyfriend uh to Mexico for my birthday, I tur- I like I essentially turned thirty around midnight and. Uh, I wasn't feeling well because I always get really scared that I'm going to get constipated on vacation um, because I overcompensate for being afraid of getting diarrhea. So then I eat too many carbs. Um, Yeah, I haven't found the balance yet. So I usually end up making the same mistake on every vacation where I think I can take a teeny bit of a laxative, like cut the pill in half or something, which I did. And then uh, immediately had a pretty bad bout of uh, diarrhea and then (laughs) and then clogged the toilet in our Airbnb. So this was when I this is when I um, essentially turned 30 and the bathroom was right next to our room so he could hear me 
trying to flush over and over. And he was like, do you need some help? And I was like, oh God, please no, this is too embarrassing. And he's like, come on, just let me help. And so he came in and like essentially like, you know, opened the toilet tank and like fixed it. But I like started to cry a little bit. And I was like, I was like, this is really embarrassing. He's like, honey, he's like, you know, I mean, if I, I'm, I'm going to love you through, through diarrhea, that's okay. And I was like, okay. And it was a really nice moment. So it's those really gross that's moments beautiful. to me that are the most beautiful moments where you're like, here's my hospital underwear. Here's my clogged, uh, di- you know, diarrhea. And maybe one day here's pooping in front of you moment. I think those are the most, the best moments. It is the most disgusting moments. It's like, it's like, that's like the most vulnerable part. Like I, I like struggle with OCD a little bit still. And one of the things that I do now, instead of like, like tapping things is um, I, I like aggressively pick at my boobs. Like w- pick at Like, what do you mean? So like, I'll go like a step farther than like, I'll have like whiteheads and I'll pop those. And then I'll start like at the pores. If you push hard enough, oh, pus yeah. will come out. I know people. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely know people that do that. So, yeah. So it's a thing. People don't talk about it. I do it. I have like scarred some parts of my boobs, which I'm like totally fine with, but I never do it in front of like my significant others. And then I was like, I'm going to do this in front of Aaron. And now I like aggressively do it in front of him. And he's like, you got to stop. He's like, you're ruining your boobs. Like, stop it. But I'm like, but you love me. So no matter what I do, like, you'll still love my tits. And he was like, this is very true. But it's very true. And I do think it's sweet that he is trying to make you stop. Yeah. There. So, okay. I would remember this if I um, were had fully uh, completed my psychology degree. But, um, you know, there's different forms of of self mutilation, mm-hmm. which I'm also uh, what's the word? I am guilty of this as well. Just having anxiety, which is like for me, I overly scratch and pick at like scabs and stuff. Me too. You know, yeah, there's yeah. people that um, like pull their hair out. Mm-hmm. That's really, you know, that's a thing. I forgot the name for it, but it's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I anytime I see a friend or boyfriend pick their uh, or bite their nails, that's a thing too. Oh, really? Because I bite my nails. Yeah. Okay. Like it's definitely very common. So the fact that he is trying to stop you is him just loving you. Right. But it's like being vulnerable again. Like that's like, I feel like that's what people like don't talk about relationships. It's like just, it's basically just being vulnerable and awkward in in front of each other, like 24 seven. Yeah. I mean, it's still a new ish concept to me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I'm like a serial, like, oh, I, I've had so many boyfriends for, well, then I, yeah, I'd have to be a lot older to say I've had so many like, you know, long relationships. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, at this point, it's the farthest it's ever gone for me, the one that I'm in now. And I don't know, there's like, I feel like, again, I, well, I've watched too much TV and I think, (laughs) you know, I, especially it's always men that I feel like are not always, but some that I know and some on TV and some authors are guilty of saying like, you know, oh, the beginning parts of relationships are always the best part. But also- I 100% disagree. Yeah, also- I don't know what that means for some people. Like if you've been with somebody for like seven years, what is the beginning? Yeah. If you've been with somebody for one, a, a two years, what is the beginning part? Is the beginning only a month? Is If you've been married for 25 years, is the beginning the first two, five, three years, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, I don't know. I think it depends. But you're right to it. It does like, I remember like basing all like my relationships, whether they were like sound or not off of like, 
TV shows, like Ugh. fucking TV shows, and which really wrecks you, especially as for a girl. Sure, for sure. Like how like the whole dating process is supposed to go, which is total bullshit. It's never like what you see. And I remember like, so before Aaron it was like a really, really bad relationship like that you know all about. And I will obviously definitely talk about more and more like on this podcast because I think it's important to talk about like emotional abuse too mm-hmm. when it comes to sex relationships. But not not today. <laughs> but I remember like after it being done and like being like totally fine with it being done, my mom was just like, look, like you weren't happy. Like you would constantly say you weren't happy with this guy. And like, that's a big red flag. And she mm-hmm. was like, two, when you find like that guy, like that person you want to be with, like it's going to be boring. Yeah. And I remember being like, that sounds awful that mm-hmm. it's boring. Cause like, that's not what's thrown at us. Like in the rom-com. You need obstacles. You need obstacles. And then with Aaron, I was like, oh my God, I totally get what she means. Yeah. There's just no fucking drama. It's like, hey, totally. do you want to go get dinner and then hang out with her friends? And it's like amazing. It's like a great fucking time. I should like s- you're grinning. Like you have a shit eating grin on your face because you're thinking about yeah. your boyfriend right now. I'm like yeah. how easy it is. Yes. Well, I'm also thinking about the uh, speech I made at my best friend's wedding because it was good. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I want to hear it. It's by the way, public uh, speaking at weddings, I, I'm going to speak for other comedians is really fun because Generally, unless you're at another comedian's wedding, um, you're the star, baby. Like I and I and I, it was weird because I had to remind myself that this was a wedding, not a comedy show. And because like, you know, of course, her, you know, her family gave speeches and I was like, mine's going to be better. And they were great. I'm not putting down her brother, or her dad, who gave very sweet speeches. But I was, you know, like, like they talked about like, you know, oh, I remember her being born. And I'm like. Come on, that's you know. How long did you plan this speech for? I I I was doing it two months out, working on a speech for this wedding. Anyway, the point is, I wrote the speech and I essentially said something like, speaking of my best friend and her husband, um, if they're listening, I said, you know, film and TV really kind of ruined my perception of like marriage and love. And I thought, you know, you need all these obstacles, but but really, love is like a really simple thing um there don't there's not many updates that you need to give you know essentially i said something like that but cuter but but truly usually if um i'm checking in with a friend you know on their relationship if they don't have much to say that's usually a good sign yeah it's like what do you have to talk about like oh you know we went home watched an entire you know netflix series Mm -hmm. you know um farted during sex (laughs) you know and that's about it (laughs) That's about it. I haven't farted during sex. I have gotten very close to farting uh, with guys going down on me. Oh, farting? Wait, you mean you farted while a guy went down on you? No, I just get very, very close. There's something about that specific position or something and then the release that comes with it that it's like I really have to hold it in because it's like I cannot, I cannot fart in this man's face like that. Not yet for me, at least. I'm like, that's too far. I don't think I've done that. Yeah. Um, But you know. I feel like the longer you're with somebody, the more likely when you're the longer you're with somebody, you're going to see some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck. We've talked about so many things that make me happy. How about you? I feel um, I feel like every time I talk to you about anything sex related or poop or period related, it makes me want to be more comfortable and open. So, I yeah, love that. I feel like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to take a bath during my period. <laughs>
Um, on that note, guys, thank you, Anita, so much for being my first ever podcast guest. You are absolutely coming back over and over again. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Awkward Sex in the City. I cannot wait for you to hear all the more ep- all the more episodes, all the episodes that are coming out. This has been a long time coming, and well, we'll talk next week. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>